Welcome to Witch Talks, the series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, professional tarot reader, astrologer, and witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you have had a very magical start to the year. I know we're a month in, or you might be listening in the future, but I hope your year or your day is going magically, regardless of when you're listening. Today, we're going to be chatting about manifesting your soulmate. I'm going to cut straight to a tiny clip to give you a little teaser, a taster. And we still have an energetic attachment into somebody, whether it's a sexual, mental, spiritual attachment, uh, then we are not allowing the space for something even better or someone even better, not something, to come into our field. That was the voice of Wendy Marta-Hausman, who is today's guest. And Wendy has so, so, so kindly offered a free workbook to go along with your journey in manifesting a soulmate. You can access this through the description box for this episode. You'll find a link and that'll get you this free workbook. No strings attached. I think you're going to love Wendy's practical steps to manifesting a soulmate, but also her shamanistic view on things like multiple realities and how manifesting actually works in her view, because that is something people don't often talk about. They talk about how to manifest, but not why it's working or how that's actually creating a difference in the world. If this episode helps you and you get a lot out of it, please share it with a friend who also needs some help to manifest their soulmate. I've been there. A lot of us have been there. It can be really, really tricky to navigate those scenarios. And I really hope this episode helps you. So let's get into it. In this episode, I'm chatting with Wendy Mata Hausman. She is a fifth generation Bruja Curandera by lineage and initiated shaman, the founder of Bruja Power Botanica. She is an expert in the healing arts of Mexico, and I am so looking forward to sharing Wendy's work and wisdom with you today. So let's get into it. She is joining us via Zoom all the way from Washington, D.C. Hey, Wendy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you can be here. And for those who are not catching us on YouTube, Wendy looks like she's in a castle. She has this beautiful golden velvet throne she's sitting in. There are like wall candelabras and it is just glorious. So definitely check it out on YouTube to see where Wendy's coming in from because this is stunning. And you said your husband built this for you? Yes, and I think it's like so important for the conversation that we're going to have today because it's it's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's stunning. He's done a wonderful job. You can tell him that I love it. And there's a witch in Australia who loves his work. If he wants to come here, he's very welcome. <laughs> so you said you've got a coven. So you've got a community of witches that you work with. What are some of the other things that you do? What What's your day-to-day sort of like? I have a community of witches from all over the world that I serve with. Uh, it originally started with just practices of witchcraft, but it's been evolving to the point that the name is changing from Mujer Luna International Coven to Circles of Consciousness, because people have been really asking about going back into balance and into our consciousness and our awakening. So um, we're moving into that direction. We're also uh, serving the world with different things. I host uh, quarterly summits. Um, 
about ancestral healing, about tapping into our energy, about creating sacred spaces, about just really awakening our magic, as well as I facilitate platforms for witches and healers and shamans. With all the events that I create, um, I make a space for other magical people to also shine because I believe 100% with all my heart that it is in collaboration that we grow. There is so much abundance in the world for everybody and us magical people are meant to be abundant and meant to be happy, are meant to be in love, are meant to be in joy, are, we're meant to have like a delicious, sexy, beautiful life. And part of what I do in the world is reminding people that. And if we're not in that frequency, then what can we do to go back into that balance of my life is wonderful and I want it like this every day and even more. <laughs> I love that you are lifting up other spiritual practitioners as well, because you're right. There is plenty for everyone. It's something that I absolutely believe in and do as much as possible as well. It's, it's just how it's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to not be in competition. Being in competition is not fun. And I don't think that's where the good vibes are. So a hundred percent agree. <laughs> I think the only competition that we should be on with is ourselves. Mm to really stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone to whatever is the next objective. And the objective is subjective because success is different for a lot of people, right? Success may look like money for some people, may look like love for some other people, may look like uh, dancing under the full moon naked, right? It can be so many things. So it's really about figuring out what is that for us and then embracing that and having a wonderful life. Mm-hmm, definitely. So you can can you explain what a Bruja Curandera is for our audience and our listeners? Because that's something that you are and you're also a shaman. So maybe the difference between the two and what that means. Absolutely. So uh, a Bruja, so I'm from Mexico. I live in the U.S. now. I have lived in many places around the world. I live in the U.S. now. But a bruja, it's the translation of a witch. Like if we were translating that to English, that would be uh, a witch. Uh, although brujeria has a lot of connotations of also Native American practices and not all witchcraft styles necessarily have the native practices they may be more western uh, practices but in itself being a bruja is just being a witch a curandera it's uh, or it's being a it's being a witch that is latina or that is being initiated by a latina or that is just called to the practices because brujeria is not a close practice there are certain aspects of the practice that are close to families but, some, but a lot of it is open Mm -hmm. um, and then when it comes to curanderismo, curanderismo is the healing arts of Mexico, which is really energy healing that is coming from our plants, from our crystals, from the land, from the spirits. We work a lot with ancestors. That's like one of our main practices, one of our main systems. So a curandero or curandera or curanderex, um, it is someone that facilitates healing and this healing uh may not necessarily be physical healing it mostly is healing that is spiritual healing that is emotional healing that is energetic healing and then when it comes to shamanism so i am initiated in mayan shamanism i did my initiations many years ago in merida yucatan mexico and it is just basically using the very similar principles than brujeria and curanderismo, but adding additional things like journeying, like breathing exercises, like traveling between the worlds. Uh, brujeria, witchcraft is usually more in like this plane, unless you're a very advanced witch, but mostly everything is this in this third dimensional space. Uh, but then when you go into more advanced practices is where I feel like 
brujería or witchcraft and shamanism connect because then you are not just working on the present time you're doing timeline work where you're working in multiple dimensions where you're working in your past where you're working in your future self where you're working in um in the other selves that exist in other places so i think that's really a little bit of a difference the other thing too is that brujería or witchcraft use a lot of tools in a way to manifest a reality but in curanderismo and shamanism what we're doing is that we're weaving energy so we're tapping into specific frequencies and we're anchoring them into the world into our chakras into our auric field into ourselves and we are expanding those energies so we're contracting those energies uh yeah but we weave a lot of the energy we connect a lot of the energies it's and when you are in a state of um the trance that comes with shamanism and I don't use plant medicine my trances are based on breathing exercises and when I am in that state of consciousness I can see like the dots of energy the lines of energy and I can play with them and connect them to change realities because everybody that is on the on the path of magic has the ability to change their reality I mean anybody in general some people may call it prayer some people may call it magic some people may call it spells has many different names so is that how you go about any of your manifestation work? Is it playing with these lines of reality in a way? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything that I do has to do with those planes of reality. Um, I also, I used to think, for example, years ago that there was past lives. I used to think that we had reincarnations and that we existed in different times in some point. Now where I am at today, who knows where I'm going to be in 10 years because I'm going to be a different person in 10 years. But where I am at today is that I believe that we exist in multiple realities all at once. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing here today is changing and affecting the other selves in the other realities. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. So whilst I do have the belief of past lives and reincarnation personally, I also believe that they're all happening at the same time. Yeah. If that makes sense. So that would also kind of be similar. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's not that we don't have a past self in a way, right? But it's more like they're still so connected and so weave and intertwine together that they're happening all at once. Yeah. Yeah. It's it gets really funky when you start to think about it, but I also really love that. It's it's a fun space (laughs) to play with, I think. So I would like to, we're going to talk about manifesting your soulmate in particular today. And I'd like to start off with a listener question, which comes in from Kelly. And Kelly is a member in the Suburban Witches Society, which is my private membership group. And Kelly asks, what is the best foundation for someone before they start beginning this type of manifestation to bring in their soulmate? And then obviously off on that, how would someone start? So what what do you say to Kelly in that regard? That's a great question. So uh, you have the link for a workbook that is prepared for today's conversation. But I think the first thing that someone has to do um, or should, in my opinion, but we're all different, right? Um, It's to release any kind of attachments that we may have from past relationships. Because energetically speaking, we have to make the space for the better. And we still have an energetic attachment into somebody whether it's a sexual, mental, spiritual attachment, uh, then we are not allowing the space for something even better or someone even better, not something, to come into our field. And um, some people get into from one relationship to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, without really thinking that taking the time to make the space to really disconnect 
And then after the disconnection, we have to really find ourselves again because some of the relationships that we have can be very long. And if we're somebody for if you are with somebody for a really long time and at the end of the, your relationship, maybe you didn't have really good boundaries, then you may not even know who you are anymore. You have to be sure that you know what are your needs, what are your likes, what are your dislikes, what are your priorities. You have to remember what you have, what you can bring into our relationship. You have to remember all of you, who you are. And then after that, you know, you release and then you kind of like, okay, who am I now? And then after that, you kind of create what is that that you're looking for. And you also create that that you're looking for from a place that is realistic because sometimes we want to create relationships that are coming from a place that may be a cultural belief, but it may not make sense anymore. Or we may be wanting to create something that is really not what we want, but it's what our mother wants or what our father wants or what our brothers and sisters and friends want. And we are not allowing for ourselves to call upon what really resonates with our soul. What is it that you really want? What you really, really, really want. Not what everybody told you you should want, but what you really, really want. Mm -hmm. And defining also, how do you want to feel? Because we have all these ideas of, this is how our relationship looks like. This is how a person is supposed to look like. This is how my days are supposed to be and X, Y, and Z. But we miss the point of really figuring out how we want to feel. Like, how do you want to feel next to this person? How do you want to feel spiritually, mentally, physically? Like, what is the level of resonance that you want to have when you're with someone? Because when you realize what is that level of frequency that you want to sustain, not because it's the other person's responsibility to keep you in a high frequency, but because you want to resonate, right? With somebody that is a high frequency too, so that you're not bringing down um, each other. Oh, that's really good advice. And especially with the clearing out first and then getting clear on you and then getting clear on them. So when people are, you know, cutting off ex relationships, et cetera, how do you suggest people go about doing that and really making a, a clean cut? So in the workbook, there is a core cutting meditation that is specifically designed for cutting relationships. So what I will say is that I will recommend people to listen to that core cutting meditation, which is really going to focus on letting you disconnect. But that is only going to do the energetic disconnection. You also have to be willing to let go mentally. You also have to be willing to let go from your heart. Because if you do an energetic disconnect, but you are creating over and over again the connection because you're thinking in your past without focusing on your future, then you're creating the links again. Mm -hmm. So first you have to give permission to be okay with something ending, no matter how many years have passed from that. And then after that, you can disconnect into a level that is energetic so that you can make this space for what is next. Mm -hmm. And do you find, because I know this is a question that comes up all the time whenever I talk about cord cutting, do you find there are any risks associated with doing that sort of work? Are there risks involved in cord cutting depending on what kind of cord cutting you're doing? Um, 
And I think that the most important thing is to understand our own empowerment about our energy. We're not meant to be feeding anybody. We are not a buffet of energy for anybody. And sometimes we feel that we are responsible on sustaining somebody energetically, whether because we made an agreement verbally or because we think that it is our responsibility because of some reason. And when we give ourselves permission to bring back our energy and disconnect, then we're living a life from a place of empowerment. So I do not think that there is a risk in living a life from a place of power, because in order for us to shine and to serve the world, we have to be sitting in our own power. Mm-hmm. But we also have to be very mindful of not doing disconnections with an ill intention because when you are aware of your own power and your own energy and your own magic then you can cause some harm um you can you know maybe you're disconnecting but you're not disconnecting from a place of neutrality maybe you are like oh you blah 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 blah, right and then you're like putting all your ill intention into the cutting then you are affecting somebody's energy and then you're activating a negative karma or a negative loop of information, you know, energetic information. So it really depends on where you're doing it. If someone is cutting a cord with a past relationship that perhaps they share children with, is that something they should be wary of? Um, I think that we can disconnect the relationship, but we should not mess with the relationship of the partner with the children because it's that's their sacred relationship Mm -hmm. whether the person was a shitty person it happens a lot of people is not great a lot of Mm -hmm. people is great and amazing and some other people is not but we do not have the right to disconnect the relationship i think there's very extreme cases of abuse and things Mm -hmm. like that that maybe as mothers or fathers or parents uh, we may take the step to disconnect that relationship, mm-hmm. but it has to be very extreme. If we go into, oh, I am not with you anymore, and because I want, I'm going to mess with your relationship with our children, that is so unethical. That is mm-hmm. not okay. Agreed. So on where you're coming from. Yeah, but the, sim- the disconnect just between you and the ex-partner shouldn't affect anything if you have shared kids together. Correct. No, 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 no. Basically, what you're disconnecting is that you're disconnecting the relationship, but you're mm-hmm. not messing with their cord. So mm-hmm. the way that it works, you know it, but for some people that doesn't know it, there's this link of energy, right? There's this connection, energetic connection that goes from our auric field, there's like a like a core that is connecting us, but also from each of the chakras. And it, when it comes to our relationship, we also have really strong cores from our heart, from our throat, from our uh, uh, crown chakra. I'm from or sexual organs or sexual chakra. So when we are disconnecting a romantic relationship, we have to be sure that we're disconnecting that, that we're disconnecting the sexual connection, that we're disconnecting the heart, that we're disconnecting the third eye, that we're disconnecting the throat, that we're disconnecting everything. But it is also important to mention that we don't necessarily want to disconnect the happy moments. We just want to disconnect the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because at, a, at the beginning of our relationship, unless it's an extreme case, again, of a narcissistic abuse or something like that, a lot of relationships are not too bad at the beginning, right? Like there's a reason why you're staying into it. And maybe there's happy moments. Maybe there is 
trips that you had together. Maybe there's just a lot of good stuff that happened at the beginning. You may not want to necessarily disconnect from that. You just want to disconnect from the relationship and the end of the relationship and the things that are depleted. Mm -hmm. In a way, just saying, thank you. We're finished. Yeah, we're done. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And before starting any work for manifesting a soulmate, what amount of shadow work or healing should be done beforehand like how prepared do people need to be before starting and um is self-healing a part of this journey as well yes and I think uh, shadow work and self-healing are a part of every journey and the thing is that if we are not healing our own wounds and releasing our own trauma and embracing our wholeness then we're going to be resonating with frequencies that are, are at our different, at our same level that is not a whole level. It's not a level that is complete. So when you are embracing your own light, when you're embracing your wholeness, then you will not resonate with anything that is not that. Everything that you're attracting is going to be having a much higher frequency and a much higher vibration. So if you don't do the work, then you're just going to continue to repeat the patterns. If you do the work, then it's just going to get better and better and at what stage should someone sort of reach out for extra help so sometimes we can do healing on ourselves and self-healing and shadow work and things are still not working or they're still we're still stuck in the pattern we can't see through it at what point do you think someone should seek help from someone like yourself or another witch or energy worker or shaman I think that the most important thing to do in this case is really ask yourself if it was like a normal relationship that it ended or if it was a narcissistic relationship or a depleting energy that caused trauma. And although I am a witch and a shaman and a healer, I have to say that the first step is not going to a witch. The first step is finding a therapist that is going to help you bring back your self-worth and forgiving yourself for the circumstances I'm not necessarily saying you have to forgive the other person but just like the self-love the self-forgiveness remembering your worth remembering your amazingness and your light and then when you do that then you can see if you need someone like a shaman like a healer like a witch to help you Mm, and that's this connect that happens and I don't know how it's in Australia, but at least when I was growing up in Mexico, it's like, oh my God, that person, something must be wrong with them because they're going through a therapist. Everybody should have one. <laughs> I agree. It's so, the stigma attached to therapy is, is so shifted. Thankfully, it was so necessary. Uh, I think there is still quite a bit of a stigma between those who are raised male uh, in society definitely I do see that but we are seeing a shift as well you know most most of my friends go to a therapist which is wonderful I've seen one most of my life so it's absolutely I'm glad you brought that up thank you very much for you know, I was in Oxford four months ago for uh, a class in astrology. I was in an astrology conference with the faculty of Astro- astrological studies and One of the classes that I loved the most was a class on therapy and astrology. And it was done by Christian Coyne, who is a German therapist who is also an astrologer. And in his class, I love him, by the way. He's awesome. And uh, we became friends after his class because I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. 
Uh, but one of the things that he explained in his class that I really like, his class was about telling astrologers, you are not a therapist. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. There's therapists, right? But one of the things that he was explaining was the chemistry on the brain. When somebody is in a state of, of trauma, they're going to be on the reptilian zone of the brain all the time. They're mm-hmm. not going to be on the neurocortex, which is the place of possibilities. So you need somebody that is an expert in mental health to take you out of the reptilian brain so that you can go into the neurocortex and then you can manifest a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's great advice. I'll have to look him up. I'll have to look him up for sure. Um, oh, thank you for the information. Oh, he's, yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. So what, what's your biggest piece of advice when people are manifesting their soulmate in particular? So they've done the healing work, they've done the cord cutting part. Now they're like getting clear on them on what they want to feel. Is there any other steps to the process after that? So there is also meditation in that workbook that is going to help people connect to their soulmate. Mm -hmm. So that workbook is pieces of a class that I used to teach called Manifesting Your Soulmate. And it was a series of several workshops where we will cut course and then we will heal and then we will figure out what we really wanted and needed. And then we will call upon the soulmate so Mm -hmm. in the workbook there is the link uh, of a meditation that is going to allow you to connect to a soul level Mm -hmm. into your partner it is a very important meditation because you want to understand how the soul of your partner feels so that when you are navigating through life looking for your person there is no question of who is or who is not your person because it's going to be connected to how it feels at a soul level. It's not going to be a physical connection. It's not going to be a, oh my God, that person is sexy and I want it. It's not like that. It's the soul level connection feels like home. It really fully completely feels like home. Every time I hug my husband, it feels like home. Like I have no question the Mm -hmm. day that I, I did this meditation actually years ago when I was ready to find someone. And when I met him and he hugged me for the first time, I was like, freaked out because I was like holy shit it just feels like my meditation (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny I love that how long have you like when did you guys meet how what was your story there oh my god we met in uh 2015 December 31st at 11 55 p.m so five Mm -hmm. minutes before the new years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we've been together since then that's well, kind of like we met and we've been like together 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 we've been since around April of 2020 2016 but we basically been together since we met we kind of were like exploring but he felt great since the beginning (laughs) oh beautiful beautiful so one question um I know a lot of people fall back onto blaming themselves when they haven't found their person and unfortunately society does not help with this um especially especially with people who are socialized female as society and maybe the effects of the patriarchy as well seem to think it's women's fault or if only they were quieter or less masculine. And we get a lot of this sort of self-blame, like you haven't found someone, you're still single. What are you doing wrong? So for people who are maybe feeling frustrated and like they've tried everything, it simply isn't work, uh, working without placing blame on them. What do you think um, they can do to sort of move through those feelings? That's an awesome question. So What I'm about to say, it's my personal perspective. And in any way, I think that everybody should think like I think, okay? But I think you should ask yourself, do you really want to be with someone? Because, or do you need to be with someone? Because 
you don't have to. You really don't have to. Like, I absolutely love my husband and I love my life with him. I actually met him when I was like, I'm done. I think I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to travel. I was having a wonderful life. Huh? And you don't have to be with someone. Like, I think that that's a, an idea that is given to us in society, in movies, depends on your culture. But in Mexico, the first thing that they tell you when you're like seven is like, you got to learn to cook. So when you have a husband, you can cook for your husband. That's bullshit. <laughs> or, oh, you have to, like, when you go to college, they tell you, oh, in college, this is the place where you find your husband. That's crap. So do you want to have a husband? You want to have a wife? Do you want to have a partner? Like, why? Is it because you really want to have it? Or are you having an absolutely beautiful and amazing life? Mm. Because you don't have to have a partner. I think that, again, personally, right? I'm not trying to tell people what to think, but you don't have to. And also, some of those needs can be filled by community. Like, who says that you cannot live with your two best friends and have kids and share a house and you guys are not romantic partners but you have a family because you want to have a family mm -hmm. who says that you cannot adopt a child by yourself if you want to be a, a parent who says that you cannot be absolutely and completely happy with you know by yourself I think that that's for me that's the wrong idea so so really question do you really want to do it like mm -hmm. And not from a, this doesn't come from a place of blame. It's not, I'm not saying, oh, you haven't manifest someone because it's your fault. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, have you ever thought or considered how your life will be? It just had a lot of fun. Have you ever thought about maybe finding how you can leave a legacy that is a different legacy than a marriage or that a relationship? Have you ever thought about what is your purpose in life? Mm -hmm. Because when you feel complete, when you feel like you're living your mission, when you feel like you're serving humanity, then honestly, if your life is meant to be with someone, then that person is going to resonate with you at that moment. Mm. But if you're not living a life complete, then your resonance is never going to have that resonance. I'm not trying to, to victim blame, okay? But I'm just trying to explain. He's like, just go be happy. Just go have fun. Just go and dance under the moon. Just go and do all the things. And mm -hmm. in that glory, in that joy, in that light, that's when things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I will say um, my husband, when I met him, I was in that. So I was traveling the world. I was by myself. I had said, I'm done with men, maybe women. And I was sort of like, well, let's see what happens. And then he, he, and I, re I kind of pushed back at first. I was like, maybe not working with men. Maybe I'm just supposed to be a woman. Yeah, that's why I was. <laughs> and I remember being like, no, 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 thank you. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm doing, I've got plans. I'm doing my own thing. And he was the same. He's like, no, no, no. I'm traveling with my best friend. We're going to go around the States. I I don't want a relationship. I was like, I don't want a relationship. Stop. Go away. <laughs> and then we couldn't, we couldn't stop. We couldn't stop ourselves. Yeah. We were just like magnetically drawn together. And it just, yeah, again, I feel with him when I, when I'm with him, I feel safe. Like safety is yeah, the. I feel like home. Like I mm -hmm. can absolutely be myself. I mm -hmm. never had to feel like I had to be someone else. 
with my yeah. husband. Never. Oh. I have been myself all the time and I feel embraced and seen and loved just by being myself. Nothing else. I don't have to be nothing else but me. I am the weirdest person around my heart. Like I, I embrace <laughs> my full weirdo. My inner weirdo comes out and he just loves it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because you're a person who's supposed to love the weirdest of you. Mm-hmm. When I, I think that I did. So I did an, a different thing that I did that is not in the manual. And this is more like November of 2015. I I was like in this place where I was like, fuck it, universe. I am going to make a list that is so ridiculous that there is no question that the person will be the person. And I wrote a series of things that I didn't thought that the person existed. Like I, because I wanted to be a hundred percent sure, not just energetically, like before my husband, my previous relationship was a shit show. So it was like a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned a lot from it. I, I love the fact that I became who I am today because of that mistake. <laughs> but uh, I was in a place where I was like, I'm going to be so specific with what I want and the signs that I'm going to see that it's a no brainer that I am going to know that this is a person. And I was ridiculous. I really was ridiculous with my list. And all of it happened. All of it, every single one of the points that I have on my list happened. So I had no choice but to recognize <laughs> that this was the person. And I, I mean, yeah. we're happy. We've been together for a long time now. Oh, that's beautiful. So, one other question as a witch or as a bruja, would you recommend doing any sort of love magic or love rituals to call somebody in? I usually uh, recommend to people to create something like a love altar. So uh, clearing a space on the side of the bed where if you were with someone, they would sleep and then creating a love altar. It could be an altar to Venus, to Aphrodite. Uh, It can just be an altar built for love. You don't have to bring a deity into it. And, you know, lighting a candle every night there and just clearing that sort of space for them, clear out the drawers on that side of the bed so that someone could, you know, that idea that someone could move in. Is that something you'd recommend bringing in as well as they're doing, you know, the exercises in the workbook and things like that? Yes, absolutely. Make the space. But I think when it comes to love magic, I want to have a cautionary tale here of calling upon what's best for us and not a specific person because sometimes people want what is not for them because it's coming from a place of pain from a place of fear from a place of lack from a place of not recognizing or worth and Mm. or magnificence and sometimes a place of envy and lust as well something yes something Mm. else that is not in a place that it that is align the alignment on the highest uh frequency so i do want to say that that is like yes you can you can do magic i think the magic that we should do the most is loving ourselves because if we are loving ourselves then we are not going to be allowing the wrong people in our space we are not going to be allowing people that violate our boundaries. We're not going to allow people that is disrespectful. We're not going to allow people that makes us small. We're going to only accept the people that we can support in the same way that they support us, that we can also help, that we can also encourage, that we can also help in a way, right? Because it's a back and forward. It's not just a give me, mm-hmm. give me. 
So I think that we have to be in that good space for us to receive the love. So go love yourself, see yourself, feel beautiful, feel sexy, feel abundant, feel joyful, have all the fun. And then that's kind of going to be like a magnetic energy. It's not going to be bringing crappy people. And yeah, make space for the person. I mm-hmm. uh, I started, so one of the things I was doing is that I made a playlist and I was dancing imaginary with my person in the morning. And I was singing um, two songs to my person every morning. Uh, I will wake up and I'll be in my house and making my coffee and dancing in the kitchen. Uh, and I will be singing my songs. I will be singing my playlist to this person. So when my now husband spent the night for the first time with me and I just did my thing, I didn't think about the fact that there was somebody there with me. I just like put my playlist and I started dancing my playlist. The first thing that he did is that he jumped in and danced with me. That is so beautiful. I mean, like, I've been singing these songs to you for a long time. <laughs> did you tell him? He knows. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Did he know at the time? Were you like, oh, by the way? I think, yeah, I think there's been a lot of things in the beginning that I've been like, oh, shit, this is kind of scary because I just manifested this. And <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I think he's as weird as I am in a way. We're both very weird. So we kind of like fit with each other well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I think even that letter that you wrote, the very specific letter, I think. And one thing I would, I would suggest to people, cause I see clients and friends and all of this, they make these lists, right? Like I'm going to have this person and they're going to be six foot tall and they're going to have dark hair. No, no, that's not the kind of list that we want. <laughs> no, it is, you know, they are kind and they are compassionate. Maybe they, you know, want to have children. That would be a shared value that you would, if that's something you want, or maybe they don't want kids. Cause obviously those things are deal breakers and you have to get that out of the way early on you write the list put it under the pillow that's next to you right I'm assuming that every single person who's single has a double bed or a queen size bed (laughs) but you know what I mean I'll put it on the altar (laughs) yeah no definitely and also I think that also it's very important to focus on who we are next to this person Mm -hmm. it's not just I can be my full self with them Yes, exactly. We have to continue to be ourselves mm. and even better. But it is not the other person's responsibility to make us better. It's just simply that we are so happy that we're better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the other part too, which is it's not just it's not just manifesting a person, a soulmate. I think the soulmate term is a little tricky, but like the person, you know, your person. It's also one thing to do the work too when the person comes. It's mm-hmm. not just Oh, I met a person that fit my list, but now you have to do the work. You're married. So, you know, marriage is not easy. You have Mm -hmm. to figure out what is their love language? What is your love language? How do I need to be loved today? How do I communicate my needs? How does a person communicate their needs? Mm -hmm. How are we willing to choose each other every day? Right. So I think that finding the person is only like 40% of the work. (laughs) Yeah. I have two points to say on that one. Love language, I want people when they're talking about love languages to remove their themselves from the idea of those five love languages from that book from the 90s and early 2000s or whenever it came out because those love languages, if you didn't know, that was written by a pastor of a church 
he was not a therapist or anything, but he did counsel married couples and he saw these things coming up. And of course, most of the time, it was the husbands that had a love language of touch. And then he would guilt the women into saying, you have to, you have to give him what he needs for his love language or you're going to lose this like gross energy, right? We don't want that. So throw those books out. <laughs> we don't want those books. But love yeah, language can be love that. <laughs> yeah. Is totally different, right? It is, you know, showing an interest in a shared interest, right? It is allowing your partner to have the freedom to do the things that they love or whatever it is that that makes them feel like, oh my gosh, they I feel loved and supported and I can be myself, right? And the other thing I wanted to bring note, I think when you were talking earlier about really working on yourself first and making sure that it's you're okay with not having someone, I think the key part in that that gets missed, right, is if you don't do that work and then you go into a relationship, no matter how good it is, if you're scared of being single, if you're scared of being by yourself, if you're not comfortable being by yourself, you will not uphold your boundaries with that person when something goes slightly awry because you're scared of losing them because you don't want to be in that space, right? And that's when you start to compromise on yourself, if that makes sense, right? I have no qualms at any point. Like, obviously, I do not want my relationship to crumble. We've been in it for many years and have children now. But even in the very start, I knew straight up, like, I don't I don't need this relationship. I'm good. I like you. I think we get along. We've got good chemistry. Everyone else apparently can tell that I'm enamored with you before I knew. But I didn't need him. So if he ever did anything like, I think once he, he's... <laughs> He said something like, oh, don't be an asshole or something, whatever I'd done. I whipped around. And I was like, don't you dare talk to me like that. You speak to me like that again and I'm out. Fair enough. I did something that wasn't kind. Great. Let's chat about it. Never speak to me that way again. If I was scared that that would make me lose him, I would never have said that and that would have continued, right? So I think that's a little part of the equation. And I think it's really clever to really focus on on yourself and being okay by yourself because that's when you can not compromise as well yeah but also in our own woundness we can also not be a nice partner mm -hmm. we sometimes don't have the ability to support people or love people in their own magnificence because we are not in a good space and we sometimes are the ones that are not respectful mm. or sometimes are the ones that are not loving or sometimes are the ones that are violating boundaries yeah. so when you get into a relationship especially it's like you have to figure out how do we choose each other every day so that we are respecting our boundaries and that we are loving each other in the way that we need it mm. like how can I support my person so that they shine mm -hmm. and how I need to be supported so that I continue to shine like I think that those those things are also important it's like our own selves um when I met my husband I had to do a lot of self-work on trust yeah because it was so great that I had to really ask myself, is this real? And that wasn't coming from his behaviors. It was coming from my own wouldness because my previous relationship was not great. And I had to question myself. You see, the thing that I am right now having, honest, is he coming from a place of love? Is he coming from a place of loyalty? Or is he somebody that is gaslighting me again? My ex was a total narc. So I had to do my own work of healing so that I could also be a 
good partner for him. It wasn't just about him being great for me, but it was also about me doing the work. And I have to do it every day. I think anybody that has been associated with a narcissist before, you know that after you go through that, the work is forever. Like you Mm. have to continuously like work and work and working yourself to be better. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I also, once I got into a relationship, didn't mean I was perfect. And past relationships do impact in that way. I remember we were months into our relationship, Ben and I, and we'd been living together. We were over living in Canada at the time and he hadn't said, I love you. And I was torn, tearing myself to shreds over this, right? Because in my brain, I couldn't say it first. He had to say it first because that is too scary, right? But also every previous relationship, I'd been love bombed. Not that I knew that term at the time. I didn't understand what that meant. And within the first three weeks, they were, I love you. I want to marry you, that sort of thing. So me being very young, immature and ignorant of this thought, I could easily make anyone fall in love with me, right? That's that's how I took it because my self-confidence was like, it's obviously me not understanding what love bombing was. And then when Ben didn't do that, I was like, what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh, what am I, what is happening here? And I had to really examine that. And I did examine that, which was a big step in, in my maturing in terms of in a relationship as well at the time. Until I got drunk one night. It was actually also on a Halloween. <laughs> Too much to drink. <laughs> and I um, we had a little argument over. I had a, a crazy friend who just went, I'm not kidding, like not so and started a fight. It was very weird. And we were kind of arguing about that. He's like, you brought her. I was like, I didn't know she was going to do that. She's from my book club. I thought she was going to be really sweet and innocent. <laughs> and we had this little argument. I'd been drinking and I screamed at him and told him, because he's like, why are you so angry at me? I was like, because I fucking love you, okay? And I was like, Ugh. oh, no. <laughs> the worst the worst part is he just went, all right then, and went inside and put himself to bed. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, dig me a hole right now. I'm just, I'm... <laughs> Oh, so it was not the most, I mean, we laugh about it now. He brings it up all the time. He thinks it's hilarious. And he still took like another three months because he had to like be super, super sure. And I was like, well, it's out now, whatever. I guess I'll say it now. (laughs) All right, then. Oh, my God. Drunk kind of knew what was best. uh, Like, you know, like if you've been the delivery. (laughs) I was like, what? This is I love you. (laughs) Yes. No, no, but yeah, you have to like my ex, who was a crazy narc, asked me mm. mar- for marriage like nine days after I met him, and then you know, like there's all this like love bombing is real. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Really do the self work. Like when I met this person many, 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 many years ago, I wasn't in a good place, and then suddenly I get all this bo- love bombing, and I totally fell for it. it. It was my fault. I was not in a good place, and I had not done the healing. So it's yeah, it's a mm. thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think thankfully with things like therapy, we can recognize this stuff now. And that's why having a therapist is an amazing idea. Oh yes. Oh yes. Absolutely. You need to have somebody that is going to like slap you with love. <laughs> Just to wrap up, if someone is in that state where they're trying to work on themselves and bring more self-love into the equation, do you have any rituals or spells or things that you would suggest for them? So I think the first thing that you have to do if you are FM is just go and buy really nice underwear, go throw away all the crap and the stuff from the store that you bought five years ago that it has holes, but nobody sees. 
uh, and go buy very nice underwear for yourself so that you can feel very beautiful and very sexy. And then every morning dance naked in the kitchen. <laughs> I did that for years. I love that. <laughs> because you're going to have to feel confident with your body. You have to feel mm. confident with yourself. Of course, if you're clumsy like me, don't be dancing when you're hugging, holding your hot coffee because that's not going to go well. But just like, love your body I remember when I was going through my process of reclaiming my body and reconnecting to my body I will dance naked on the kitchen I also will order from Amazon like little jewels and stickers and just put them on my body and I will just go and see myself naked on the mirror and laugh yeah but I also feel like a goddess because I was like all shiny and sparkly so you have to do all these things we are connecting with your own divinity with your own sexiness with your own pleasure and have fun with it Mm -hmm. like have all the fun so I think that that's one of the things just like go have fun and glitter yourself and sparkle yourself and I'm a big one for mirror affirmations like I write affirmations on my mirror and especially because I have had uh, a past some of my listeners will know I did have an eating disorder for many many years so that coming back to loving my body how it is in the moment regardless of where that is has been a huge journey and I've found that things like mirror affirmations really help me. And I will stand there, as you said, I will stand there naked and I will say all of the things that I love and just until I can't find any more. Right. And I make sure to do things like this, especially in front of my daughter now. Right. And even if I don't feel like I need to, I still do them. And I'll stand there. Oh my gosh, look how amazing. Oh, I have the best, the best tummy ever. Isn't that gorgeous? It's so soft and rounded and feminine. And I say all the things that I would love. And, you know, my husband also, he's like, I love your stomach. I love it. It's so, so lovely. I love cuddling you and holding it. And I used to hate that from people. I used to like suck in if they put their arm around me. Not anymore. No, 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 no. This I'm not hiding who I am, right? This is my tummy. I have birthed babies. It's big. It's beautiful. I love it. And, you know, my daughter says, she's like, oh, I can't wait till I'm older and I have boobs and a tummy and I can be such a nice comfy pillow for someone. I'm like, oh, what a beautiful way to look at it. I'm going to pull myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm a nice comfy pillow for my husband. Yeah, I'm a comfy pillow for someone. Like you can rest your head on me. It's beautiful, right? That's going to be one of my affirmation books now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I follow a few like body positivity accounts and things. And there's a few people now that are saying, you know, things like that, that lower tummy area, that's a fashion accessory, right? You, you're allowed to have lumps and bumps in anything that you're wearing. You're allowed to wear form fitting clothing. You do not have to hide it under anything. And I just love all of that. I love it. It's wonderful. It's a fashion accessory. That's a fashion accessory. I, when we are feeling okay with ourselves, we generate a vibration of attraction and magnetism Mm-hmm. that we will never generate if we don't feel happy with ourselves mm-hmm. and then the right people and this is not just for a partner but it's like the right friendships the right support system the right customers if you have a business like mm-hmm. if it starts with you by loving yourself and embracing yourself and shining your beautiful light and then everything just starts coming mm-hmm. it's not about like ah oh, what am I gonna go and grab over there it's just like no this is your frequency your frequency has to be stable and strong and shining and vibrating and then everything else is going to fall into place Mm. and if anyone is going to do any uh attraction style like come to me rituals or anything highly recommend if you do have a a menstruation cycle do it when you're ovulating if you know where that is that's like prime 
attraction state of being or on a full moon if if you don't cycle that's my little tidbit awesome well thank you so much wendy so everyone you can grab the link to the workbook that wendy has supplied that'll be in the description box below this episode thank you very very much for joining us where can people find you online or join your coven and and find all of the things that you offer uh, all the information is in my website, bruja.us. So that's going to be B-R-U-J-A dot U-S. And join the newsletter. When you go there, there's going to be a window that is going to pop in just for you to enter your email, and then you can get all the goodies. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, love Loved chatting with you. Loved this episode. And are you on Instagram as well? Yeah, I think it's Bruja Power Botanica in TikTok, Bruja Power in Instagram, and also Bruja Power Botanica in um, Facebook. But if you go to the website at the bottom, you can see all the social media as well as in the top. Perfect. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening and giving us your rapt attention today. Uh, We will chat with you next time. And I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world today. Bye for now. Thank you all.